DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk BYU football with David Nixon. David, good morning. And nothing gets me more excited to talk BYU football than Santa Baby, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you got an early Christmas gift watching the Cougars just dominate that game? Because i got to admit, I was curious. You know, if, if, you, if, if you turn it over early, you give them some short fields and some confidence, they've got an offense that can put point on the bo- points on the board, and it never happened. It was 14-0. They did drop a touchdown pass. Certainly would have been first and goal. It's probably a touchdown. But it's 35-10 at the half. It, it was over. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge statement, not only you know, defensively, but offensively to come out, five-play drive, score a touchdown, and then the defense forces them to a three and out on the very next drive uh, for, for UCF. And that was, I, I mean, it was an early statement that BYU made there. And, and keep in mind, they, they missed, they dropped an interception on that first drive as well, right? Uh, the BYU defense did. Uh, in fact, dropped three, three interceptions throughout the night. So um, it, was, it was just complete domination. It was, it was fun to see this team put together a complete game, given the fact that Coastal Carolina and San Diego State, they kind of struggled uh, on one side of the ball or the other. And to see them come out clicking on all cylinders, uh, it was it was fun to watch, especially against a team that that I think by record when you looked at UCF, you saw six and three, and you're like, okay, this this is a weak team. But then you saw that their combined total loss uh, was 15 points and those three losses, and you're like, man, these guys kept it close against the Cincinnati team, uh, lost barely to Memphis and then Tulsa. So. Uh, going into this, I was pretty worried. I, I didn't know how we would be able to respond if the secondary could hold up. And sure enough, the defense, I mean, what, how about the game plan that, that Tuiaki put together? Uh, after the game, uh, Kapusi, I think Kapusi was on our post-game show, and he mentioned it several times. He said, listen, the, the game plan that, that Tuiaki put together in the coaching staff was phenomenal. And, and the game plan basically was keep everything in front of us, force them into throwing the short throws, will rally to the football, uh, and, and eventually they're going to get impatient. They're going to try some deep balls. They're going to have some incompletions, and they won't be able to sustain these long drives and score. And sure enough, it played out beautifully. That's exactly what happened. Um, and, and this, this BYU team is going to come out with a big big win to cap off a special season, 11-1 season. Yeah, I got to admit, man, I was stunned. I did not think it was going to be that easy. You know, I thought they had a good chance to win, but at the same time, I thought Central Florida did, and it turns out that they didn't have any chance to win. BYU dominated. In my mind, I go back, this was the most dominating performance I've seen by a Cougar football team since they beat Oregon. I think it was 38-8 in the Vegas Bowl. What would you say to that? Yeah, that was my sophomore year that we we beat Oregon 38 <laughs> and uh, so I like that year. And listen, I would agree, it, it felt the exact same. I mean, I, I remember that 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 Oregon year. It was not not until late in the game they scored those eight points. It was just right. basically a shutout. And it was the same thing. It was basically the same thing uh, last night. I mean, you just didn't score 23, but some garbage touchdowns late. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, you could tell the team was motivated. Um, you know, I think what was tough about San Diego State is just kind of a blah game because they were, there was a lot of hangover, I think, from that Coastal Carolina game. Uh, and, and to see them rebound and, and play the way they did, it was, man, it was fun to watch. And it, it goes to show you that when this team is motivated, when, when they are uh, focused and lasered in, what, what they were capable of, right? I mean, I don't know if they're really capable of 655 yards week in and week out like they put up last night. Uh, but uh, it, it was fun to see Zach go out and what we think is probably his last game as a BYU Cougar, 
um, and, and put up the numbers he did over 400 yards uh, passing. You know, it, just, it was incredible to watch him go out there and pick apart that defense. But, um, I mean, what a, what a way to cap off this special season, right? And, and the, the crazy season that it was, go 11-1 and one and, and come out there and just absolutely dominate. It was, it was definitely fun to watch. So, how much have you played the woulda, coulda, shoulda game if they played six BCS uh, or six BCS, six uh, Power Five teams? What uh, are there some of those schools that you think I really miss that game? I mean, obviously, your game because of the rivalry, but among the other five, it, Stanford's kind of the one I've looked at that I think I really would have liked to see that game. Yeah, I, I think you look back at the original schedule, and the thing about the original schedule is all those P5 teams kind of had down years, right? I mean, we came into this thinking Minnesota was going to be. Um, a powerhouse. They struggled in their limited games. Utah started off slow. Uh, you know they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation. So you wonder if BYU could have picked them off early. Uh, Arizona State that would have been a, a great game. Uh, but to your point, Stanford. I mean, they, same type of deal. They were kind of up and down this year. And so Missouri, they weren't anything special. So it makes you, it does make you wonder, right? If, if BYU plays the original schedule, you kind of catch a lot of these teams on somewhat of a rebuilding down year for them. Could they put something together? I think with that original schedule, even a even a ten and two, eleven and one, still gets them into a New Year's Six, be uh, because of that strength of schedule. And so, uh, you know, it, it is a yeah. You can play that woulda, coulda, shoulda game, and and we've talked about this in weeks past, right? Uh, the bummer about this season was Kalani and staff, and, and we all knew that that this year was going to be special because of of what we've seen in the past and and how these young guys. I mean, Zach Wilson started as a freshman. Brady Christensen started as a freshman. There were so many of these young guys that had to start as freshmen. Gunnar Romney started early in his career. And now they're finally upperclassmen, and the experience was finally there. And we knew it was going to be a good year. Uh, Didn't know it was going to be this good. uh, But it was was a bummer that they didn't get to play against their original schedule and get better competition to prove themselves. Uh, Because I think, you know, frankly, even though it's 11-1, there's probably going to be a little bit of an asterisk next to this record moving forward that says, hey, that was the COVID year, right? I mean, they, they didn't play a lot of stiff competition. So it's, it, it's a bummer because they'll discredit this team a little bit. But, you know, last night showed you that, that they can go out there and they can blow teams away. And I think it was the first time UCF had lost by 10 points or more for, uh, I can't remember, it was like five or seven years or something like that. Um, and they're just they're used to keeping games close, and, and BYU just completely dominated them. I've had guys on the staff tell me that Kalani Sataki really rounded into form as a head coach, and he set the tone, and it's a lot of fun to work for him now. Now, you've played a lot of different football at the lowest levels and at the highest levels and everything in between. How much can a coach and the belief that the players and other assistants and staff members have in that head coach set the tone? Uh, it's huge, and especially at the college game. I, I think when you go, once you get to the NFL, those guys are pros. Those guys have been around the block. I mean, some of those guys are, are uh, with Sean McVay, some of those guys are older than their head coach, right? Uh, and so in the NFL, it's kind of a different beast. I don't think the head coach plays as much of a role, but in college, I mean, a lot of these kids are coming fresh out of high school, right? I mean, it's almost like another father figure for them. Uh, and, and a, a coach really is the CEO of the team. I mean, he's guys coordinators who are going to be calling most of the plays, uh, and, and he's there just to ride the troops. And, and I said early on in the season, in fact, before the season started, when BYU was down to two games left on the original schedule, I said this is going to be Kalani's finest hour. Uh, here's his opportunity. He has to go out there and rally these troops uh, because these guys are now in fall camp in the middle of the heat. 
and, and practicing for who knows what, right? I mean, they can only play two games this year. And so he was able to motivate them to come out day in and day out, keep grinding, uh, keep pounding, and, and let them know that eventually we'll get our reward. And sure enough, uh, he, he kept them prepared and kept them focused, and, and they came out, and Tomsdale put together a schedule, and, and week in and week out, they were able to, to, to stay prepared. I mean, and, and the crazy thing about this year is, and I don't think we talk enough about this, is, is with COVID, who's going to be lining up there on Saturdays, right? I mean, you, you didn't know if your starting linebacker or, your, or Zach Wilson or whoever might get COVID and they might have to sit out. And, and we didn't know which coaches would be there. I mean, what people don't talk a lot about is that Boise State game, uh, that half the defensive coaching staff wasn't at that game because of COVID. And then, of course, last night, you hear the reports of, of Jeff Grimes and a couple of other offensive coaching staff weren't there because of COVID. And so, you know, credit to this, this coaching staff, Kalani, of, of making sure he's got all of his coaches set up and if there are people missing, that they can overcome that and get the players ready as well during this crazy year. Uh, and, and, and they were. They were they were focused. And a lot of that falls on Kalani. And, frankly, a lot of that falls on the team captains as well. The veteran leadership of this team you saw uh, from Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen, Troy Warner, Isaiah Kafusi, all those guys uh, getting their teammates ready week in and week out. And so uh, just a crazy year. And, and it was fun to see BYU be prepared every game and, and see Kalani um, – really at the helm of that. And I, and I would agree. I think he turned a corner this year. And I think people are starting to take notice. Um, you hear the recruits that they've gotten recently that have said, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, taking notice of what Kalani's doing down there. And I want to be a part of it. So um, it's exciting. I, th- I think BYU finally this year started to turn a corner. And, and you, you get that winning kind of mentality. And, and you, catch a, you catch that winning, uh, uh, that mojo. And, and you, you want to continue that moving forward, right? And I think that's what, Zach Wilson leads with this program is this legacy of winning uh, going off 11-1 season, and that's something you can build on this offseason uh, and for years to come. So do you think Kalani will get taken care of and uh, the deal will be sweetened and extended? And Because uh, we're not the only ones who notice it's going well there. Whatever we're hearing is also circulating among college coaches and ADs. Yeah, I, I think so. Listen, I, I think it's a, Tom's in a tough spot. Uh, not only because he's obviously busy trying to juggle all these sports during COVID and all, but it's tough to go out there and announce a big extension during COVID when you've had to lay off some of your uh, guys in the athletic department and, and uh, you're asking for $20 million bucks from, from Cougar fans, right? It's tough to go out there and announce a big lucrative deal for, for Kalani to extend it and, and you know, probably up his salary a bit. So I think it's touch and go in that sense. He's probably had some private conversations with Kalani, is my guess, that, listen, you're, you're our guy. You're going to be taken care of. Just for the PR game, we've got to figure this out. So uh, I think they're probably both on the same page. I don't know how he couldn't be after this type of season and, and kind of what they've got and what they've built so far. So I think he'll be fine. Uh, and I don't think Kalani's going anywhere. He's, he's mentioned before, he's a BYU guy. So I think he stays. Um, but obviously, who knows? You know, you've got Boise State opening that just opened up, and you've got Arizona. I mean, there's it's only going to probably continue here for the next few weeks. Uh, so I bet you he'll get some looks. But Ultimately, I think uh, he, he loves BYU, played here, obviously, and, and uh, probably wants to stay, but, but we'll see. You never know. So there was a lot of opportunity because a bunch of games weren't close in the bowl game, obviously one of them, where you can get young guys in there and at least get some form of playing experience. I'm wondering, and we keep hearing, like, get those young guys in, is that overstated, even if it's just garbage time, or is it valuable opportunities for them that they can build on? 
It's valuable. It's, it's very valuable uh, because game reps are nothing like practice reps, right? I mean, practice reps are a whole different game. You have time to, when the play ends, to stop and, and coaches can walk on the field, coach you up, learn from your mistakes, and then they, they do the next play, right? I mean, that obviously that's not happening in the game, especially against UCF, who was running at lightning pace for a while there. They were playing, and they'd snap the ball within 10 seconds of the play cock uh, uh, being wound down. And so it was, it was uh, at a rapid pace. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the game-like reps are huge because of the bullets are flying and, and – uh, you know, it's just it's game reps and it makes you think faster and, and you get to see live speed. And so, you know, that was the great thing about this BYU this team this year is they were blowing opponents out and it allowed for a lot of these young guys to get in. Uh, but at the same time, you look at next year and, and we started to go down this the offense, defense, special teams. And man, you return a lot of guys. And keep in mind with the whole senior COVID thing, everyone getting an extra year. There might be some seniors that decide to come back, that, that maybe they get some feedback from agents that they're probably not going to go until a free agent um, or later on or they maybe don't have much of an opportunity. And they say, listen, I love BYU. I'm going to take another crack at this. I mean, I want to follow up 11-1 season. And so that's what's crazy about this year. We did senior night against San Diego State, and we covered that on BYU TV. And we were kind of saying, we think this is his last home game. Uh, he might He might decide to come back. And so – It'll be interesting to see what, what team BYU fills next year, which guys decide to come back. Um, but even if, you know, assuming all the seniors did leave, uh, BYU's got a lot of talent. A lot of juniors have played that, that will be back, including Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne. Um, you've got MP on the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line will be fine. And look at that. Look at Algier. Tal Algier rushed for over 1,100 yards this year. Um, he'll be back. Uh, Lopini Katoa, you know, you go on the defense side of the ball. You've got a lot of young backers. I think Kapusi's gone, but other than that, you got a lot of sec- young secondary as well. Michael Harper played a lot last night. Um, there's there's just a lot of talent coming back, so it's exciting, I think, for BYU fans. The big question mark, obviously, is quarterback, and that's what that's what will be the story going into the off season and throughout the off season. Who will be the guy at the helm? Whether it's Baylor Romney, does Baylor start the first few games and maybe Conover comes in and takes over, or does Conover get the the reins to begin with? I mean, it's it's going to be an intriguing storyline. Um, and I, I like the fact that there's going to be that competition as well, right? I, I think that's going to be healthy for this team to for those guys to go battle it out. So, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see how it all plays out. But I, I'll tell you what, it's much easier to head into an offseason and build upon it after winning the game, build upon that versus having that sour taste in your mouth with a loss uh, like you only had last year and trying to prep for a season. So um, it, it's, it's great that they picked up that W, and, and especially in the fashion that they did. So looking ahead to next season, there's not only the question of uh, which seniors are going to return to be super seniors and then which uh, juniors are going to leave early. There's also the transfer portal. And now you start looking ahead to the schedule next year. What do you think is going to happen at Boise State with Harson going to Auburn? Yeah, it makes you wonder if kids transfer down that way with them or, or what. I mean, and you've seen Utah pick up a couple of transfer quarterbacks. Uh, then, of course, you've seen, I think, Bentley just entered the transfer portals that I heard yesterday as well. So, you've got this carousel of people transferring all around. I think that's going to be the interesting part to watch are a lot of these super seniors who get this extra year uh, decide to jump ship and go somewhere else because they got an extra year. So, um, man, that's, that transfer portal turned into something that I don't know if the NCAA really thought through it. Uh, it's it's quite the quite the carousel in there, but um, you know it, it's a good question. Does BYU target a quarterback in the transfer portal? I know that 
everyone feels confident that they've got the quarterback in the room with Jacob Conover. Uh, and, and Baylor Romney's shown to be very serviceable as well. So do they have their guy, or, or do they, with the schedule they face next year, um, you know, that schedule, by the way, is brutal. And we'll, we'll get to that. We can get that in a second. But, uh, you know, do they need some more experience in that quarterback room. So we'll, we'll see how it all comes together. It's, it'll be interesting to see what, what guys they pick up, uh, you know, this year. And a lot of it will depend on the personnel, too. Which guys decide to go pro? Uh, does a Dax Miller, Gunnar Romney get some good feedback and they decide to go to the next level? Uh, there's been some rumblings about that. Of course, Zach, and, and does Brady Christensen as a junior go? I, I would think so. So it also depends on, who, you know, what guys decide here in the next week or so. Are they going to the next level, which ones don't? And then, yeah, kind of go in there and fill in the gaps. So how much fun is that hype going to be for BYU versus Utah next season? Oh, I mean, well, listen, it's already off the charts every year, right? Uh I think this year, even more knowing, you know, what the special year BYU had and and the guys they bring back and, and finally an opportunity to try to break, uh, break the streak. But, uh, listen, the Utah Utah showed something this year as well. Started off 0-2 and then rattled off three straight, and you got that Ty Jordan, that running back. I mean, man, he's fun to watch. And just just a little guy, but, but he runs hard, and he's quick, and he's tough to bring down. So um, I think it's going to be a great matchup, as it always is. And that's we talk about it every year with the rivalry game, right? I mean, you throw out the records, you throw out uh, the rankings, if there are rankings, they're, they're, you never know what's going to happen in those games. And, and it's, it's always fun to watch for that reason. But you get that warm-up game against Arizona down at the, the Raiders' new stadium and then uh, come home and, and play Utah. And, and uh, you know, it's, yeah, that, there'll be plenty of talk, as there always is in the offseason, to see how that game's going to play out. Five Pac-12 opponents plus Broncos scheduled for a return with uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. Other than that, there's nothing to talk about. I'm overlooking a trip to Baylor. That schedule's loaded. We'll get to that down the line. Today, I think uh, Cougar fans want to revel in the 11th win. David, thanks for coming on and uh, talking a little BYU football. Yep, great season, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. We'll see you guys next year. David Nixon, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, Riley Jensen, our college football insider, stops by. Stay with us.